Yeah? Hey, I, so, so first thing, Courtney gets up here and she's like, school's next week. And the whole room goes, wow. So I got, I'll, I'll raise it up. I got better news for you. School is not next week. You guys are probably going to have a walkout. A lockout, not a walkout. A lockout. How many of you are excited that the teachers are going to go on strike? All right, okay. One more time. Wait, wait, time out, time out. One more time, one more time. <laughs> All right, one more time. I want you to make noise if you're excited that the teachers are going to go on strike. Okay, all right. Silence. Now remember this moment. Remember this moment. Because June 30th is going to come, and you guys are still going to be in school. I'm going to go, how many are excited that the teachers went on strike? And you're all going to like instantly sob. Because it's going to be like 4th of July, and you guys are like learning math. So uh, yeah, I hope not. Good luck. Good luck. I hope it goes down. But um, hey, I just want to stop something right off the bat here before it gets any further. There's a rumor going around, Citizens Youth. And I just, I feel like I don't like rumors. So I like serious moment here, I just want to squelch it. There's a rumor going around that the men at our high school pool party on Friday are going to lift me up against my will and throw me into the pool. Um, I just want to say that that is false. Number one, because of my massive strength will make that physically impossible. And number two is that anybody who dares grapple with me, they will end up in the pool before myself. So just like a public service announcement, you know, just for your own well-being, you may not want to try that. So um, are we cool? High school dudes? All right. Plus, I wear floaties, so it wouldn't work anyway. So cool. Are you guys doing well tonight? Are you ready? Like this, I love this part here where, you know, we sing together and we're like, yeah, like, you know, we sing and, and then like we connect and then we sit here and it's not like, the thing I love about our youth group, it's not like, all right, Sam, hurry up and do your thing. Like there's like this anticipation that you guys come with. Like when we sit down all together and we open up our Bibles, there's almost like this tangible, like you could almost taste it where you guys are like, all right. It's not, like, look at Tolly, she's got her pen. You think she's like an accountant. She's like, all right, here we go. I don't know why people do that. They don't lick pens anymore. That's like so 17th century. But they like have their pen and she's like, I'm ready, man. Are you guys ready? Are you guys, like, do you guys want to do this for real? Cool. So here's what we're going to talk about today, okay? We're, we're going to do something here in just a moment um, that I, I probably should have given you this warning before you came tonight because some of you may not want to do this, okay? Um, this is rated M for mature. Um... I dare say that some of you may even wince. Some of you may be tempted to, to shy away. You may even be tempted to stand up and leave. I'm going to ask you not to do that. I'm going to ask you to not do that. Um, and though it may be scary, we're going to do it together. All right, so look to your neighbor and say, we're doing this together. I would say, I would instruct you to tell your neighbor that we're all in this together. But you know where that will lead. Exactly. Are you guys ready? Here's what we're going to do tonight. For a few moments... Middle schoolers and high schoolers, young adults, youth staffers alike, we are all going to come together. And for a few moments, I want us to do something here. Um, all right, all right, all right. Hey, all right, all right. Time out. Stop, 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 stop. Shh, shh. All right, I'm nervous. Stop, stop. Shh, shh, shh. All right. You guys, I mean, you kind of do it all the time, but at the same time, it doesn't make it any easier. You know what I mean? Especially when you go back to school, it gets that much harder. You know what I mean? But, but we're going to do it together. Look to your neighbor and say, we're doing it together. 
Tonight, tonight, tonight we're going to look in the mirror. Tonight we're going to look in the mirror. Now I understand. Some of the dudes here just don't get it. Some of the dudes are like, bro, I never look in a mirror. <laughs> and the girls are like, obviously. <laughs> right? And, the guy, and some of the girls here are like, you get it. You know what I mean? Right? Like my, I was talk, telling my wife through like the fact that we're going to look in the mirror tonight. And she's like, oh my gosh. It's like a few weeks ago when I was like, oh, I feel like it's, there's like something that hurts here. And she like wakes up and looks in the mirror. And it's like, oh my gosh, I have a second head. You know what I mean? And it's like. That was a moment for her. You know what I mean? Like, that was a moment. And I was just like, like so what? You know, I didn't care. But, but for some people, it can be scary to look in a mirror. For some people, you're like, mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who's the, f- oh my gosh, right? <laughs> Anybody, like, not recognize themselves when they wake up in the morning? Be honest, right? Dude, looking in the mirror, <laughs> looking in the mirror. Getting a good look at yourself can be a very scary proposition. A very scary proposition. Some of you guys probably do it with more success than others. That's okay. But for all of us, we have to look in the mirror. It's not seriously though. Seriously though. In all seriousness, my question for you tonight is this. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about like everybody else, they see the surface, but what do you see? Hey, there's a lot of talking over here. I'm gonna ask you to redirect your energy this way. That way we can like, we can do this together, okay? We're gonna do it together. The, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Like beyond the surface, beyond the, the, the appearance of other people, like when you look in the mirror and you know who you are, what do you see? Who? do you see? And again, other people, they, they see the service, think, oh, he's fine. Oh yeah, she's good. But when you look in the mirror, you know your issues, don't you? You feel your pains. When you look in the mirror, you know your needs. And as much as we joke about looking in the mirror can be scary, the reality is that all of us at times, we rather not look in the mirror, if you know what I'm saying. There's times in our life where we rather not take a good look at who we are. We rather not take inventory of what we see and what is going on. But tonight, we're going to look in the mirror. Tonight, as we read our Bible, we're going to look in the mirror. And it may be difficult. What we find may not be to our liking. It may be emotional. It may be hard to see our needs reflected in the mirror. But we're going to do it together, okay? And so for a few moments, we're going to look in the mirror together. And I promise you, no matter how hard it is, no matter how long it's been since you've looked in the mirror and seen what's going on there, I promise you that there's hope tonight. There's hope tonight for those of you who are willing to look in the mirror. So shall we look in the mirror? We'll look into the mirror and we'll say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the neediest of them all? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Let's begin our tonight. We begin Mark chapter one, starting in verse 40. Are you ready? Here we go. First verse, here we go. And a leper came to him. This is Jesus. Jesus is out there. And a leper came to him, imploring him. And kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Let's pause right there, right off the bat. Right from the jump, I want to introduce you to a character. And what we see is a needy 
man. Everybody say needy. Dude, he's a needy man, right? This is a man. Look, look, look at all of the needs that he has, right? Right off the jump, it says that he's a leper. Do you guys know what leprosy is? Do not Google leprosy. Warning. I looked up leprosy to put some pictures up here, and I said we would have to put barf bags under every chair. So I'm warned all the middle school boys are like, I'm gonna look up leprosy. <laughs> all right? Just don't do it. Trust me. All right? But leprosy is this skin condition, right? It's a skin condition that causes your skin to like basically fall off. It's like ulcers in your skin. You think rashes are bad? It's like, it looks like your skin got eaten away. And then here's the worst part. It damages your nerves, so you can't feel anything. And so there's been stories of people that they're out there, and they're just like doing like the saw, you know, they're like, do, 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 do. Hey, Gemma, did you churn the butter? And then they look back down, and they've sawed off their fingers, and they had no idea. It causes deformities. It's unpleasant. This is the kind of thing that you don't go out into society because it's like, ooh, just better if you didn't. So this man has leprosy, a life-altering, radical, physical disease, okay? But guys, you, like, oh man, I wish that we could just get in a time machine and transport back because you have to understand, the fact that he was a leper, dude, it's okay. I, she, I didn't have a barf bag. Anybody barf bag? That was, I'm sorry, Anna. <laughs> She's all over herself, right? Not only did a leper have physical needs, all right? Physical needs was just one part of it, Okay? If you were a leper, that was one part of it. But because you were a leper, your physical issues led to social issues. If you were a leper, you weren't allowed outside of your house. If you were a leper, you were not allowed to come out into society. You're not going to see a leper chilling in the mall. Because homeboy is contagious, right? He is not allowed to be around people. You're like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. He's got a sick day to stay home, watch Netflix. If you're a leper, you're not going, hey, bro, kind of got leprosy today. You want to come over and watch Netflix? No. You want to cuddle on the couch? No. Dude's got leprosy. He's by himself. He's isolated, which means not only is he not going to the mall, he's not going to church. He's not going to synagogue, right? And so because he has this sickness, everybody has dubbed him unclean. Everybody say it together, unclean. Let's say it again. Let's say it again. Let's practice. Let's practice our inner Ferris here. We're going to point on three. Ready? One, two, three. Unclean. Not at me. Chill. Yo. It's like generic, right? And so the entire church community, the entire family of God community there, they dubbed them. You're unclean. You're not, a, you're not allowed here. Until you're better, until you're fixed, you're out. You're contagious. You are unpresentable for God. You can't come before God. You can't come before this community. So how many people know this dude is not living his best life now? He's got physical needs. He's got social needs. It leads to spiritual needs. And because he's not living his best life now, he's got emotional needs. He's not feeling good about himself. His isolation, his loneliness, he's feeling what you guys would understand is just he's low. Maybe he's a little blue. This is taking a mental war, like this is taking a, a toll on him mentally and emotionally. And then all of this can be topped off with the biggest need of all, and that is his identity. What's this guy's name? Look in your text. Look at the Bible. What's his name? Who can say it? Show me in your Bible. What's his name? Dave. No, it wasn't Dave. <laughs> What's his name? Nolan? 
Maybe. Maybe. That's solid. Do you guys see what his name is? No, we don't see what his name is. What's he referred to in your Bibles? The leper. This dude isn't even named. He's known by his need. Hey, needy. Hey, sick. Hey, leper. So this dude, he has tons of issues here, okay? He is a needy man. But here's what I want us to do here. As we see all of his needs, what we're doing is we are seeing in him a reflection of our needs, don't we? We see a reflection of our needs. And so we're seeing this man, and for a moment we want to go, oh yeah, that stinks to be him. And then we realize, we go, oh, actually, it's like looking in a mirror, and, and nope, right there, yep, all right. And it's like, oh, I have physical needs. Or maybe you don't have physical needs. Maybe there's not a physical sickness, but you look, just keep rolling up here, right? And you go, dude, like, I know what it's like. I know what it feels like to have social needs. I know what it's look like to feel lonely. I know what it's like to be in a crowd and to go, man, I really don't belong anywhere. I know what it's like to walk into high school and to wonder as to the pecking order, where do I stand? I have social needs. You look in the mirror and you go, dude, I have emotional needs. I struggle with being low. I have depression. I have anxiety. I'm a mess emotionally and I just want to be emotionally healthy. I know what it's like to have spiritual needs. I know what it's like to feel like I'm on the outside. I know what it's like to feel far from God. Man, and I certainly know what it's like to question my identity. What's the most important thing about me? Who am I? Everybody else around me, they seem so sure and so confident about who they are, and I have no idea. And so we see in this leper, we see a reflection of our own needs. He's a mirror, you can say. And so the question is, what do you do when you become aware of your deepest needs? What do you do? Where do you go, young lady? Who do you talk to, young man? What do you do? Look what this leper does. Look what he does here in the text. A leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. This leper, you know what he does? He puts his faith in Jesus. This leper, his desperation is on full display. Students, look how desperate he is. He comes to him. Hey, uh, leper, what are you doing out of your cave? Hey, leper, why are you in public? He's like, dude, I don't care anymore. So he leaves his little cubby hole of leprosy, right? He comes to Jesus. He's in public, and he falls on his knees, begging, imploring. He's desperate, and he says, Jesus, I'm desperate, but I know that you can change me. I know that if you touch me, I will be clean. I know you can make me clean. I know that you can radically shift my identity here. He puts his faith and his trust in Jesus. He's begging on his knees. And so my question to you tonight, one of my questions is, do you come to Jesus like this? Do you, like, honestly, when you look in the mirror, right, you're like, all right, hair, check, makeup, check, emotional needs, not check. (laughs) Dang it. When you become aware of your needs, do you come to Jesus like this? Can Can we, like, not make him a historical figure for a moment? Can we, like, put him in today's terms? Imagine this dude and what he looks like. Imagine what he had to do to come to Jesus. He goes, I don't care what people say about me anymore. 
I'm not gonna allow pride to keep me from the one who can touch my needs. I don't care what people look, think I look like. I don't care what I look like. I don't care if I make a fool out of myself. I am coming desperately to Jesus. And students, here's why he comes like that. He only falls to his knees because he knows he can't stand on his own two feet. He comes to the end of himself. He's desperate. And so I'm asking you, do you come to Jesus like this? And I can ask it another way. Are you willing to fall to your knees and ask Jesus to touch you? Or do you think you can still stand on your own two feet? At the end of the day, when you look in the mirror and you see your needs, do you honestly think, dude, I'm good. I got this. Yeah, I know the social needs, but you know, I'll figure it out. I'll read a book on like how to make friends and influence people, you know. I'll just like hang out with the cool kids. That is a book, Nevaeh, just so you know. You're like, what? I saw her like trying to write it down. Amazon, Goodreads. I, I, you know what? Like I know I have some spiritual needs, but you know what? Like I'll just start going to youth group this fall and I'll like read my Bible twice a week and like I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I can take care of myself. You can't. You can't. And so not only do I want you to see a reflection of yourself in the leper, I want you to see a reflection of what to do when you have needs. Come to Jesus. Fall on your knees. Recognize that you can't do it and come to Jesus. And you know what happens when he falls on his knees? Do you know what happens when he makes a scene and he comes to the Lord? Look what happens. Scene two. Verse 41, moved with pity, talking about Jesus here, right? Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Everybody, the needy man has just come in contact. I repeat, Houston, the needy man has just come in contact with a compassionate God. How many of you know that this is not an average Monday for this leper? Let's look at it again. You guys got to get this, right? He moved with pity. He stretched out his hand. He touched him. He said to him, leprosy fell. He's made clean. This is not an average encounter for the leper. You know what the leper is used to? The leper is used to being met when he responds or when he tells people rather of his need, when he tells people of his condition of I have leprosy, he's used to people, people going, oh. He's learned not to lead with that in a conversation. Hi, my name is Joe. Hi, I'm the leper. Oh. He's used to being met with disgust and shame. He's used to being the guy on the street that when he's begging for help, people pretend like they didn't see him. We've all done it, right? The homeless man is begging, oh, I, don't, I don't really see. He's used to being ignored, guys. Not so with Jesus. He comes to Jesus on his knees, begging, imploring, and saying, Jesus, I'm a leper, but I know you can do something about it. And what does Jesus do? He's moved with pity. Jesus is moved with compassion. For the first time in this leper's life, somebody has recognized what it would be like to be in his shoes, and they go, you know what, dude? I, I know. It's difficult to live in your life right now, isn't it? Man, and he empathizes. He goes, man, like, it's hard, isn't it? I, I get what you're going through. I feel your pain. And he, he empathizes. 
he, he validates him, right? He's not like, oh, get away from me, leper. He goes, man, I feel, I feel for you. I feel your pain. I feel for you. But then his compassion moves him to action. Because not only is he moved with pity and then moves on, he's moved with pity and then he stretched out his hand and touched him. So you imagine Jesus is chilling there, right? And he's got his like lamb chop, tacos, I don't know, you know, whatever they eat, like the falafel balls, but they're not deep fried because they don't have deep fryers back then. It's crazy. So it's like probably fire baked, you know, um, which are really good, by the way. Like I've been to Israel and like when you make the bread and it's like the nom nom, it's just like crazy, right? So he's got his homemade like bread and he's, man, I'm hungry. Where was I? So Jesus, you know, he's doing his thing. Homeboy comes, drops to his knees. I'm a leper. And everybody in the crowd goes, oh, right? Not Jesus. He's moved with compassion and he reaches out. And it's like watching a train crash in slow motion. All the disciples are like, no. Like Peter was supposed to be the bodyguard, you know? So he's like, I, leprosy for the team. And he's like getting ready to like dive in between Jesus. And Jesus like, ka, 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 ka. And he's like about to touch a leper. How many of you know you do not touch a leper? It's contagious. The leper is unclean, unfit to be in society. What happens to you if you touch him? What happens if you touch the leper? You're a leper. You're unclean. You're not allowed in society. You're not allowed in synagogue. How many people know it's a problem if Jesus is not allowed in the synagogue? He's the teacher. And so the disciples, it's like in slow motion, like, no, Jesus. And Jesus is like, bro. And he touches the leper. He touched the leper. He touched him. He touched him. When was the last time that this man had any meaningful touch? I guarantee you, the last time he was touched by another human being was from the side of a foot as they kicked him off the path when he was begging. Jesus. Touches this man. And it's not like a, stand up, bro. It's not like a, fall to your knees, please. You know? Say the lines. Say the lines. Do you remember the lines? Jesus. If you will. If you will. If you will. If you will. You can make me clean. You can make me clean. And Jesus moved with pity. He doesn't go, oh. <laughs> I'm the creator, I can touch from afar. No, he comes and he goes, and he like touches him, right? And then look, what he, like, do you, like, do you understand? Some of you guys don't know what it's like to not be touched. But countless studies have showed the effects of infants that are orphaned and live in an orphanage. If you have an infant that grows up for the first few months of its life without being touched versus a baby who does, how many of you know there's a huge difference developmentally? Because we as humans are meant to be touched and validated and embraced. And this man hasn't had meaningful touch in a long time. And Jesus touches him. Not only does he touch him, he said to him, which means he looked at him in the eyes for the first time in a long time. Nobody's looked at this guy in the eyes. And he looks him in the eyes and he touched him and he spoke to him. Have you ever been in a crowd of the cool kids? When you like, you, it, like, they pretend like you don't exist, right? And like, you're like in the cool kids and you're like, I could literally just like vomit right now and nobody would even notice me, right? 
And you're like, ha, ha, ha. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. You could literally be like, Bleh. And they would just like not even, it's like, <laughs> next time you're in a crowd of cool kids, and instead of just going, look at me and notice me, just be like, Bleh. Just right on their feet. And it's like, slap. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like you've been in that crowd and it's like, they don't even see you. They don't even notice you. And you just leave going like, what a bunch of jerks. You know what I mean? That man, Jesus looks at him. He recognizes his existence and he speaks to him. He doesn't speak at him. Get away, leper. He speaks to him. And he says, hey, you know what? I know what it feels like to have your issues. I understand how desperate your situation is and your need. I get it and I will. I will it. It is my will for you to be clean. Guys, Jesus responds to this guy's needs unlike anybody else in the world. How do you imagine that God responds to your needs? If you were to come and drop down to your knees in front of God and go, God, I have social needs. I have physical, I have spiritual, I have identity issues. I have emotional issues. If you were to come and just lay out your issues straight up before God, how do you imagine he responds to you? Do you picture that scene? Or is anybody else like me? And you go, man, if I were to bother God with my needs, he's going to go, this guy again. Sam, we already dealt with this when you were 15. You're 28. Why are you still talking to me about it? Sam, oh my God, Sam. Or maybe he won't even look at you. Maybe he'll be disgusted, maybe he's shocked. Do you picture him being shocked at you? Oh, you, Hannah? No, friends. Look at the way that a compassionate Jesus responds to this needy man. And then here's what happens. What happens if you touch a leper? What happens if you touch a leper? You become a leper. You become unclean. What happens when Jesus touches the unclean man? He doesn't make Jesus unclean. Jesus makes him clean. Because Jesus is not another man. He's God. And God makes you clean. So immediately, the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Jesus isn't scared about being contaminated by you. Jesus isn't scared about associating with you. When Jesus touches your uncleanness, when he touches your need, you don't make him unclean. He makes you clean because he's God. And so understand this, okay? This man, he's touched and he's healed. Is he a leper anymore? Nope. And so his physical needs were met. But it wasn't just physical needs that were met. His social needs are met now, right? Because he's reintroduced back into society. His spiritual needs are met because he can now go to the synagogue. He can now go and be a part of the community of God. His emotional needs, this dude is living his best life today. He's feeling good. He has just been emotionally validated. He has just been looked in the eyes by God. And then on top of all of that, his identity. He's no longer the leper. Students, Jesus touched his areas of need so powerfully that he would no longer be defined by his needs. Forever, now and forever, he would be defined by what Jesus has done for him. Because of this interaction, the most important part of his life will no longer be his condition. It will no longer be his need. The most defining part of his life will now be not the needs in his life, but Christ in his life. 
before today, before Wednesday, you ask that man, hey, who are you? I'm a leper. You ask him tomorrow, hey, who are you? I'm a person who has been touched by Jesus. His identity has been radically shifted. And so students, what I want you to understand tonight is that this can happen to you. When you come in desperation as a needy man to a compassionate God, Jesus can touch your areas of need so profoundly, so powerfully, that you're no longer defined by your needs. You're defined by Christ in your life. You don't have to be your needs. Those don't have to be who you are. And so look how the story ends. Final movement here. Look how the story ends. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses has commanded for a proof to them, Tia. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Okay, okay, okay. We gotta break this down, okay? We gotta break this down because this is definitely one of the most bizarre passages of scripture for me. Jesus, my friend, please, leper man. But not anymore, you're not leper because when you look in the mirror, you don't see your needs. You see what Christ has done for you, right? So you're no longer a leper man. You're a man who has been touched by Jesus. Sounds very Native American, right? I am big bear, I am little foot. I am man who has been touched by Christ. Thank you. And he's wearing a shirt that says American Eagle. It's perfect. Thank you. And so the man, he touches him, he looks, you're healed. He stands up and then look what Jesus says. He goes, bro, 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 bro. Listen, listen, um... Let's just keep this between me and you. I want you to keep this on the DL. I want you, this is a contagious story, I want you to say nothing to anyone. A contagious story, Sammy. C-O-N-tagious, okay? Contagious. I want you to say nothing to anyone. Deal? Okay, you go. Say nothing to anyone. And you're like, "Uh, Jesus, you just healed me of leprosy. What do you mean say nothing? Again, this is one of the most bizarre parts of scripture for me because as you go through the book of Mark, you realize Jesus is actually trying to keep his early miracles on the DL. (laughs) Jesus knows that as soon as the word gets out about his miracles, that he is going to be mobbed. He knows that he's going to reach celebrity status and that he's not going to be able to travel anywhere because the crowds are going to be mobbing him. He also knows that once the word gets out, He knows that eventually this is going to result in a major conflict. And it's just not time yet. It's not time for that conflict. It's coming, but early on in the book of Mark, you get the idea, ooh, it's not time for Jesus to go famous yet. It's not time for celebrity status yet. And so what does the obedient leper do? Mr. I've been touched by Christ. What is this obedient leper? Hey, don't tell anyone. You got it, Jesus. Let's look on. So he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news. For real? Like, dude, he goes around and he's telling everybody and we all say, duh. Like, how do you not address the elephant in the room, right? Like, imagine homeboy leper walks into homeroom and you're like, Johnny, I haven't, I'm sorry, Nolan, I haven't seen you in forever. There's something, 
where's something different about you? Where have you, uh, have you gotten a haircut? Nope. Uh, new glasses? Nope. Did you get a new wardrobe? Nope. I can't, what is so different about you? He's like, all right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. My skin's not falling off anymore. <laughs> That's what, I knew it. That's, oh man. Tell me more about that. Well, there's this guy named Jesus, and oh my gosh, he looked at me, and he spoke to me, and he healed me. <laughs> like, how do you not talk about that, right? We talk about everything. Yeah, I got a cat. Yeah, my cat died. Yeah, I got a new cat. Yeah, I ate steak. Okay. And oh yeah, I was healed by leprosy. I mean, like, this is on your feed. This is in your story. The fact that Jesus has touched his needs so powerfully, this is on his Instagram, this is on his story, his cover, this is on his Twitter and his Snapchat. I know things. And so he goes and he's telling everyone the story and his fame is spreading. Guys, Jesus reaches celebrity status here. And so look what happens. He starts, he, or Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. <laughs> Celebrity status. He starts taking the country roads. And people are still mobbing him. I just imagine, like, Jesus, almost like Justin Bieber trying to walk through a Walmart without being bothered. You know what I mean? So Jesus is just, like, walking through, and he's, like, in, he's like the glasses, you know? He's got, like, the extra fake. He already has a beard probably, right? I don't know. Maybe Jesus was clean. He seems like a fresh dude. But anyway, so he has on like the, I don't know, maybe it's like one of those hooded cloaks. He's like pretending to be a shepherd, you know? And he's like walking to Walmart with his, his crook. He's like, I'm just here for the deodorant, you know? And then like somebody walks by him, they start to trip, and he reaches out and catches them, and they're healed. And it was like, oh, you're not a shepherd, you're Jesus. It's Jesus, aisle five, and they're running, right? It's like, and he's like, well, throws off the ink. I guess I'm gonna start healing tonight. Jesus can't go anywhere without being recognized. And so they're mobbing him. He could no longer openly enter a town. And he knew this would happen. He knew that if word got out, that more and more people would come. Because what you have to understand, friends, is that Jesus' fame spreads through his people. Jesus' fame spreads through his people. When he touches people, when he radically changes their life, they go out, we go out, and we tell others. And others come. Every single one of you in this room, whether you're a Christian or not, every single one of you in this room have heard about the fame and the glory of Jesus Christ because of someone else. None of you in this room woke up one day in a vacuum and found this random book on your shelf and it was like, oh, the Bible, right? Maybe Gigi, she thought it was Job or was it, or Psalms? Proverbs, right? She was like, the Bible, and she opened up to Proverbs and, and like maybe her, but nobody else was like, oh, whoa, hey, did you guys hear about this Jesus guy? And everybody's like, duh, we've been talking about him for 2,000 years. Like we all have heard about his fame through other people who have been touched by Jesus, and so his fame spreads through his people. So he can't openly enter a town because everybody's talking about it. Baptism is the perfect example of this, right? Like when you get baptized, we don't do, dude, Joe, you're getting baptized, right? Let's go. Who else is getting baptized? I just love to see it. I want to see it. Garrett, oh, Yoshikawa, let's go. Yes, thank you. Yes, okay, let's go. So when you get baptized, this is what you're doing, right? Dude, when you get baptized, we're gonna be all down there. We're gonna be like ugly crying and laughing. <laughs> it's so beautiful, you know? And like, 
Not because you're awesome, but because you're spreading the fame of the one who is awesome. We're going to spread his fame and more and more people will know that Jesus can profoundly meet your needs. Because as we communicate what our story is, as we tell people, more and more people will know that in Jesus, your needs are not your name. In Jesus, your needs are not your name. More and more people will know that you can come to the mirror of God's word. You can look in the mirror and you can see more than your needs. Students, your friends in high school, they need to know this. Your friends in middle school, they need to know this. That though they look in the mirror and they see all of these needs, though it's painful for them to look in the mirror, they need to know what you know. That Jesus can touch their needs so profoundly that these no longer become the most defining thing about you. They need to know that they can be more than their needs, but instead they can be defined by what Jesus has done for them. Your friends, students, they need to know that in Jesus, your needs are not your name. Your needs are not your name. So as the band comes, here's how we're gonna respond. Here's how I want you to look in the mirror tonight. As you think about the leper, as you think about the way that Jesus responded to this man on his knees, on his knees, here's what I want you to do. Number one, I want you to come to Jesus. Some of you guys, right, you're you're walking around and you still, this is all you see still. Some of you guys, man, I got to give it to you because you're really good actors. (laughs) You come to youth group and you put on the face and go, oh yeah. Jesus. And then you go home and it's like you look in the mirror and you go, no, man, I just, I really don't know who I am. Man, I really am defined by my social needs. I really am defined by my emotional needs. I know my spiritual needs and it's painful to even think about. And just like the leper, I'm calling you like, come to Jesus. Come and experience his compassionate response. Come and experience what it's like to have God look at you in the eyes and moved with pity. Go, I know. And students, what I want you to know is that Jesus does more than just touch you. He does more than just reach out and validate you. He was, his compassion moved him to action. And his action was more than just a touch, Morgan. His action was that he would go to a cross and die so that you can be in God's family so that your needs would no longer define you. He died so that you can be in his family and so that your deepest needs can be met in God. So come to him. And then for others of you, maybe even the same of you, I want you to respond by committing to spread his fame. You're going back to school. You're going back to the mission field known as middle school and high school or college. Tell people your story. Tell people that you're no longer defined by your needs. Tell people that no, you're not perfect, but Christ has radically shifted who you are. And when you do that, make a commitment to spread his fame. Will you do that? Will you come to Jesus tonight? Will you commit to spread his fame? Good, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you.